Hey everyone, before we get into today's pod, I wanted to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your very own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As a part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to our community discord, and an e-learning course full of tips and tricks. And on top of that, we'll help you get your show pushed out to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is you can get all of this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or have an existing show that you want to grow, Hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports experience. Acceptance into the program is limited, so get your application in today. To apply, go to bwhustle.com slash join. You can check out the description box to find out more, but that's bwhustle.com slash join. All right, folks, we have a lot to talk about. Your Cleveland Browns are now 10-5 and after a disappointing loss to the New York Jets, dropping their record to 2-3 and in their division, 6-5 and in their conference. Uh, so, obviously, the four wins coming from their games against the NFC East outside of their conference. Four wins coming from the AFC South and only two other wins coming inside of the AFC. And both of those at this time are against the Cincinnati Bengals. But the Browns lost to the New York Jets, a game that many assumed would be a win. And then all hell broke loose with COVID and Jedrick Will's illness. And we have a 23-16 final. Normally, I spend a lot of time on stats. I am not going to do that. I'm going to do this very, very quickly. Chubb, 28 yards rushing and a touchdown. Hunt, 11 yards rushing and a touchdown. Baker Mayfield, 6 yards rushing. Yeah, you combine all of that to 39, 45 yards. Mayfield threw the ball 53 times, only completed 28 for 285 yards, no touchdowns. A lot of those balls look like balls that receivers uh, just and him were not on the sage pa- same page very often. Uh, Austin Hooper was targeted 15 p- times, only caught seven of those for 71 yards. Bradley, fresh off the practice squad, was targeted 11 times, only five reception for 60 yards. And then on and on, there's some other guys. Seven for or three receptions on seven targets for Harrison Bryant, who had at least one drop. David Njoku, I thought, would be more involved in the game. Four for four for only 26 yards. Uh, and then Marvin Hall, who I thought would be involved in the game a little bit more. One for one reception on two targets for 12 yards. On the other side of the ball, the New York Jets ran the ball with some level of consistency against the Browns. Uh, Frank Gore had 48 yards, Pirine had 30, Darnold had 20, Crowder had 14, and Ty Johnson had 13. Uh, Darnold 175 yards uh, on 50% passing, so 16 of 32 for two touchdowns. And obviously the big Jameson Crowder pass uh, to uh, Berrios for 43 yards and a touchdown was huge as this game went on. Uh, So let's talk through. There are three storylines we're going to talk about. One of them is one that you probably are aware of and it's probably going to be talked about a lot. And I think the other two are just are two that just need to be talked about the the realities of, of life in this 
in this NFL and, and what it looks like. And so we're going to start with the New York Jets and, and their defense, to be very clear. The Browns threw the ball 53 times for basically one reason, and it wasn't the fact that they were down. Obviously, being down 20-3 to in the third quarter is a big deal, but the Browns were on pace for around 50 or 40, mid-40s passes even before that, and the, and the reason for that was that the New York Jets had zero concern about the Cleveland Browns beating them one-on-one on the outside. And so they played a lot of bare fronts where all of the uh, gaps, all of the defensive assignments, uh, all the techniques, all of that gap assignment was was taken care of. So basically you have someone covering every gap from outside of the tackles through all the way in. And so obviously Jake and Jonathan Stevenson can describe it even better than I, or a lot better than that. But the basic idea with the bare front is force them to beach outside. Because even with the bare front, what it does, it also puts more defenders around the tight ends and inside the tackle box or in that area. Because if you're not worried about separation on the outside, and even if you are worried about separation, you're not worried about timing between receiver and quarterback, you're just daring that to happen. And unfortunately in the NFL, and people don't want to admit this, but one yard decides whether something is completed or not completed. And that one yard is Baker Mayfield under or overestimating a speed, not really having a good feel for when a receiver is going to break it off. A receiver not having a good feel for, uh, there's one, I think it was Harrison Bryant, who just didn't bring it back outside, didn't understand the coverage. And so he just kind of sat inside instead of coming back outside. Baker saw that very specifically. And that's a player that Baker Mayfield and Harrison Bryant have been on the same team and playing together all year long. So that didn't work. How much more difficult was it for Baker Mayfield and the Browns receivers when they were trying to figure things out and none of them had played with Baker all year long? And that's why you have Bradley, some reason, uh, I think he was around the longest probably is the, the reason, is had 11 targets and then Hall had two. Everything else was the Hooper, Hunt, Chubb, Bryant, and Joku, and one to Andy Janovich because Baker felt comfortable. He had an idea of where those guys were going. And so he would rather try to force something in than to not, right? And and not know where a player was going to be, not understand what it was going to look like, all of that kind of stuff. And so, but the reality is, is that the first storyline, bluntly, is that in the NFL, every detail matters. Every single detail matters. That you can't plug and play a lot of players. And so, when I say that, it is very overarching, right? You're talking about the wide receiver group. You're talking about the linebackers, right? And we're going to talk about them a little bit here. Uh, and then you're talking about the offensive line. Every single detail matters. And But the Jets, sorry, the number one is the Jets. This I'm a little befuddled at this point in time. I took a little bit of a some deep breaths trying to get ready for this. And I'm just befuddled right now. Not so much that they lost and not even really how they lost. I'm befuddled by, by how to communicate and how to clearly help us all move forward from this because I get the frustration. The Browns shouldn't have lost this game is a vacuum statement. The Jets played perfectly. At some level, they played it perfectly, playing a lot of bare front, 
really trying to muddle things on the offensive line and and everything around there and just see what happens, right? That's really what they did. Um, If you are a Browns fan as well as a Buckeyes fan, you saw this with JT Barrett a lot. Michigan State, literally, it may not have been a bare front, but they literally just kind of brought linebackers downhill and then recovered to the tight ends and those kind of things. But we're basically making it so JT Barrett had to beat you with the throw and that didn't always work, um, and it didn't work very in a, in a very public way late uh, in that season for the Buckeyes. And the same thing happened here. So number one, give credit to the New York Jets. They played the exact defense they needed to with no concerns about the outside. No, I mean, listen, if they completed passes, they completed passes, but they were not concerned about timing and rhythm. And with all those guys up up in the middle and of the field, it's kind of what the Browns have done against Lamar Jackson and need to continue to do with more talent uh, around Lamar Jackson is really muddle the middle of the field, not let him get outside, and not let him have throws to his tight ends. And that's really a lot of what happened there. Uh, the Jets played that perfectly. So number one, story of the game, the Jets defense, a lot of bare fronts, a lot of just letting everything one-on-one on the outside, bringing the safeties down filling all the gaps, all of that kind of stuff to really make it difficult for the Browns to run the ball and to just complete passes, right? So you had all these guys, you didn't know who was coming where, and and that just screwed everything up for the Browns, threw them off guard. I don't know how often the Jets have done that in the past, but we know they did that today, and I'm wondering if that's an adjustment that they made knowing that the Browns wouldn't have their top five, include OBJ, their top five receivers, they were not worried about these guys and timing and all that stuff. So that's number one. Number two, details matter. So I started talking about this and then got befuddled. Sorry about that, y'all. So number one, Jets defense. Number two, the details matter. So people think about talent very regularly. Like, are these guys good? Are they not good? Well, if Baker's good enough, he should overcome these. He should be able to blah, blah, blah. The reality is, is starts with the offensive line. I would say the number one loss was the two guys on the offensive line. Having one of them, and honestly, I don't even really know if I care which one, having one of them would have allowed Kevin Stefanski, Baker Mayfield, to just know where weakness was, right? But we saw this last year with Baker is when there's weakness on the left and on the right, it just isn't as comfortable for him. And so all the little details matter. So you have a right guard that's out and you have a left tackle that's out. So now left and right are confused, Right, Both sides could be problematic. They can't slide protection one way or the other. Baker can't assume problems one side or the other. He's got to kind of be paying attention to all of it. And that is going to cause problems. And in all of those details, it also includes things like the screen game. Right? And so, and in, and in the run game, offensive linemen, there's a dance that they play together. There's a dance of how they work with each other. Um, There's a dance with how them and the running backs play together. Running backs, if you don't know this, study their own offensive linemen to get a better feel for, well, how does Jack Conklin do this? And when this happens, what does Conklin do? And, And if this happens, what does Joel Batonio do? They actually study their offensive linemen to make sure, because all of those little details matter. Every single one of them, half a second early or late on a block, um, turning a defender inside instead of outside, but then your running back thinks you're going to do the opposite. All of those little details matter, okay? And those things 
really made it difficult for the Browns' run game to get going, along with how the Jets played defense. And then you go to the continued details matter. All of those passes, we saw passes that looked like they came out of Baker's hand okay or fine or good. And then they didn't look like they were going where they were supposed to go. And they weren't tipped. They weren't, there wasn't even pressure at times. But again, if you watch an all-22 film, which some of you don't have time or the energy or desire or access to do that. If you watch all 22, you will see many times quarterbacks, including Baker Mayfield, is throwing the ball before a receiver. By the time Baker throws the ball, the receiver and the ball gets there. The receiver has made five or six steps, right? So if it's a zone, oftentimes receivers, tight ends, whoever, are supposed to sit down in that zone, right? In the middle between two defenders, whatever it is. And if it is a man, they're supposed to continue their route to keep that man trailing them, whatever, again, the situation is. And so when Baker sees certain things and expects certain things, throws the ball, and then the receiver takes five steps, maybe doesn't have their head turned around or by the time they have their head turned around, their momentum is taking them here and there. All of those details matter, right? And so you have a Jets defense, number one, the, the takeaway number one, the Jets bear defense, crowding the line of scrimmage, covering all the gaps was huge. Number two, the bear, the all of the little details, where I would say the number one thing was the Browns' lack of offensive line help. Uh, the two guys being out left and right. Uh, bluntly, I think it would be better for Baker if it was their left tackle and left guard out. Um, I don't mean anything about who's more talented um, or right guard, right tackle. We've seen, uh, especially right tackle, I believe there was a game where some snaps where both Conklin and Teller were out at times. Then Baker still played okay. It's Because it's not just about talent, it's about where it's coming from. All of the details matter. Every single detail matters, right? And if we can be really honest, Nick Harris is not strong enough right now to play in the NFL, especially at guard. Uh, And again, whether he would be better at center, probably. Uh, The center has a lot of responsibilities, uh, but oftentimes can can get away with a little bit more lower center of gravity because he's going straight back. Whereas that guard you kind of have a two-way go, so you're not exactly just going straight back. You're kind of coming at an angle. It's a little bit of a different role. Um, and and again, he's just not that big. Like, you will look at the offensive line, and it's like giant, 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 small guy, giant, right? Like, that's kind of what it looks like. Uh, Nick Harris just isn't a large guy, and it's why he fell down so far in the draft. Um, and again, he's the, you know, he's the third string guard, right? So... You know, you have Teller, you have Hubbard, who's now out, and then you have Harris. Third string guard in anybody's team is going to struggle. All of those details matter. I get it. It's next man up and all the... Here's the thing about those 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 words. They're just words. They're either the NFL and professionals saying them so they don't sound like they're making excuses and to hold themselves accountable, right? It sounds like Baker Mayfield was really frustrated but held himself accountable for this game. Uh, one question, long answer, and then left. But they say some of this stuff like next man up and all that to hold themselves accountable and so it doesn't look like they're making excuses. But the reality is it's not excuses, it's explanations, right? So uh, in our OBR subscriber chat, a lot of people, oh, that ball went straight through Austin Hooper's hands. If it touches your hands, you got to catch it. Listen, that's crap that's been said for years. It's not accurate. It's just been said. Coaches and players say it, so it's just a, a kind of a pat answer at this point in time. Yeah, it touched my hand. I should catch it. 
and and the media likes it because they can just blame. But the reality is, is if Baker Mayfield throws a hundred mile an hour pass too high, and Austin Hooper happens to get his hands on it, he's catching that one out of ten times. And most tight ends, or most well, most tight ends, some receivers have stronger hands. They're a little bit more agile. They're not as bulky, so they're able to kind of do a little bit more. But most tight ends, and even most receivers. They're catching that 1 out of 10, 2 out of 10, whatever it is, because that ball is a rocket right through his hands way too high. Now, if that's a rocket and it hits Hooper at waist level in stride, different conversation, right? But again, too high, too hard. Behind him, too hard. Whatever it is, all of those things matter. The details matter. Don't give pat answers, right? If I can be very, very blunt with you, and I'm going to repeat this at the end of the podcast. The team that was on the field today without starting left tackle, without starting right guard, with no starting wide receivers talent-wise, without their linebackers, again, which I'm going to talk about here in a second, that team wins four, maybe five games. And you guys and, you guys and everybody's saying Baker Mayfield's got to go. Well, he's got three-fifths of an offensive line and no outside weapons to a team that just beat the Rams and now just beat the Browns. Every single detail matters. It's not so simple just say, well, Baker fumbled that last um, quarterback sneak. Well, yeah, he did, absolutely. Who knows? There's all that bouncing off. It didn't touch the ground. Why is it not a lateral or a pitch or whatever? Whatever, that's a different conversation. But the reality is, is we still don't know that they're going to score seven there. Right to just tie the game and how much time is going to be left and do the Jets score or do they go to overtime and the Jets score? It's not just that simple, right? And it's not just that simple to say, well, it's next man up or they should have caught that or they should have run the ball more. You guys, there are people that would say, listen, if they ran the ball 40 times or 30 times and and only gained what they were gaining with Chubb and Hunt, well, why didn't they give up on that? Because they should have been throwing the ball because obviously they can't run the ball. So don't try to go to some simple pat answer. It is a confluence of issues, right? Again, the Jets played the right kind of defense. We're not scared about the outside guys for good reason. Then all the little details with two offensive linemen missing, them being from different sides of the line, the size of Nick Harris, and then the wide receivers and the the one to three to five steps and spacing and and are you going to flatten that out? Or are you going to hook it around? All of the little details matter, right? Screen game, run game, the the running backs, studying the offensive line, all of that stuff matters, okay? Number three is the linebackers, right? So when we look at... Um, the mistakes that are made. I'm going to call this the linebackers, but to be honest, because of the linebackers, I think Carl Joseph tried to do too much. We actually didn't seem to see Andrew Sandejo around the ball as often as he normally is. He had a huge tackle uh, that forced a punt on what looked like a wide open uh, guy in the flat that could have gotten the five yards, I believe, on that third down. That was going to be a big play and could have changed the game. But besides that, but what we did see is we saw a lot of Carl Joseph take bad angles, try to do too much, get really feisty with the Brashard Perryman. Like, it was just too much. And I think, besides just being frustrated, the Browns were losing, all of that stuff, it looked like a player who was trying to overcome the loss of B.J. Goodson um, and, and all of what you know that meant to the Browns. That's what it looked like to me. But the linebackers being out is why, 
you know, Pirine, 30 yards. Darnold was able to scramble for 20 yards. Uh, Crowder on, an, I believe it was an end around for 14. Um, and then some of the weird, tricky stuff, right? So there was blown coverage two or three times. And I, I believe it is players doing too much. And I think they're doing too much because the linebacker's out. Then you had Taki Taki go out. You know, I just think there were so many things with that, just losing that linebacker group that really, really changed the game for the Browns. Changed the games, folks. So, yes, you can talk about a lot of things. But the key is that you're talking about the right things, that you're, quote-unquote, placing blame in the right areas. And you're understanding how it, the nuance, right? Here's the thing. You may not like to be nuanced, but nuance is where it's truth, right? Nuance is where it lives. Black and white and this and this, that's just not where it lives. Baker Mayfield could have not fumbled and got that fourth down conversion. Guess what? Baker Mayfield and the Browns could have not scored, lost the game. Baker Mayfield and the Browns could have scored. Jets could have scored somehow. One and the Browns lost the game. The Browns could have scored, went to overtime, lost the game. They could have tied. Obviously, a tie is better than a loss, but it is in all the details, right? You can blame anything and everything you want to. Listen, Cody Parkey might get replaced. Maybe he deserves to be. Did it change the game? I don't know. I don't know how the Browns do things differently if it's 20 to 17, right? Don't know how that looks different. We don't know, and that's why it's nuanced, right? It's all of that. And so Kevin Stefanski looked at the Browns, and so I'm not doing math here, but Kareem Hunt was four for 11, so that's like a less than a three-yard average, right? Kareem Hunt is 11 carries for 28 yards. That's less than a three-yard average, right? Three-yard average, and Kareem Hunt's just getting to 33 yards on 11 attempts. It wasn't working. Now, could it have? Could they have worn down? Listen, that's Schrodinger's cat. We don't know if that's dead or alive at this point in time because we don't know. But Kevin Savansky looked at wasn't working and put the ball in Baker Mayfield's hands. And at some level, he played okay. Bluntly, this game is different if the Browns don't blow coverage twice. Wide open twice, right? Jamison Crowder in the third quarter. Barrios on that end around play, uh, which looked a lot like a play the Browns tend to run. That's it. Like the game is totally different if there's not totally blown coverage. Now, I can say that, but again, we're talking about Schrodinger's cat. We don't know what would happen if those weren't blown coverages. Do the Jets still march down? We just don't know. But Baker Mayfield got the ball in his hands. They just didn't make enough plays, and the Browns dropped to 10-5. and Here's the good news, folks. It's very, very simple. Because the Colts lost, the Browns make the playoffs if they beat the Steelers. The Steelers winning clinches the division, so they, they're going to be the second or third seed. It'll be interesting whether they care enough to have the two seed or have the three seed. And again, it depends on what the Bills do and the Dolphins, and there's a lot of stuff going on. But for the Cleveland Browns, what matters most is they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. They are in the playoffs no matter what else happens. Then it depends on who they match up with. Right now, if everything goes kind of what we expect to happen, the Browns beat the Steelers, or hope to happen. Browns beat the Steelers. If Miami and Baltimore both win, then it's very possible the Browns and the Steelers are matching up 
in the following week in the playoffs. It sounds really familiar to folks, doesn't it? But again, figure all that out later. It could be the Bills, could be the Steelers, but the Browns have to win. That's really what it looks like right now. Now there's a possibility um, that the, the Ravens and the Dolphins could lose and the Browns could still get in with a loss to the Steelers. The Ravens and Dolphins could lose, and the Browns could get back into the fifth seed with a win against the Steelers. There are lots of things, but in the end, if the Browns win, then the Browns win, and they're in the playoffs. That's how it works. Let me talk to you about Bet Online. The NBA is back in action, and football is heading into the playoffs. You may not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in and every possible chance to win the season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online. And take today and take advantage of all their great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BlueWire at BetOnline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. So we're going to try to get everybody in this week that we can. Uh, health and travel schedules and all of that dependent uh, because we really want to focus on um, this week, the Steelers week is now gargantuan. So we want to talk through it all. I want to give some bold predictions from the guys, uh, and then we'll kind of go from there and maybe even see if I can sneak in, uh, someone who covers the Steelers who used to work for me on another site at one point in time, see if I can get that guy or a couple of them on. Let's see what I can pull off this week. I'm not going to promise anything. It's a weird week, all that kind of stuff. Um, before I finish off, let me talk to you about Indeed. 2020 is almost over. It's reshaped how we work. Every hire is critical. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site. According to Comscore, Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so you can hire on, focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. And now Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resume on Indeed match your job criteria and you can contact them the moment you sponsor a job making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. You only have like four days, folks. All right, so the Browns are 10-5. and They're in the seventh seed for the playoffs. They just have to win against the Steelers to get in. They have other ways to get in if they lose to the Steelers, and their playoff hopes and where they'll be seeded will be between 5, 6, and 7, or 8 and out of the playoffs. And this season, at a minimum, one AFC team with 10 wins will not make the playoffs. It's possible that one AFC team with 11 wins will not make the playoffs. That would be the Indianapolis Colts if the Ravens, Dolphins, Browns, and Colts all win next week. Even with seven seeds, an extra one this year, if all those things happen, those four teams win, the Indianapolis Colts would not make the playoffs going 11-5. and five. That is really crazy to think, but definitely 
one 10 win team will not make the playoffs from the AFC while it looks like possibly an eight and eight team will make the wild card uh, for the NFC as well as the seven and nine or six and 10 NFC East leading team. So a lot of craziness in the NFL this year, folks, please enjoy the rest of your Christmas Sunday and make sure you take care of yourself, take care of others. And as always go Browns.